Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl and welcome to episode 19 of Cage Rage, a Nicolas Cage podcast. We're almost at the big 20. We've almost been doing this for 20 weeks. That's a thing that's happened. It is something I stuck to, so thank you for uh, being here and sticking around if you have. It's always lovely to have you on the journey to True Cage Nirvana, and that's what we do here. That's the recap of Cage Rage, a Nicolas Cage podcast. I'm just a guy with a hog looking to watch all of Nicolas Cage's films, compare hogs, compare notes, and journey to True Cage Nirvana, and you're welcome to join Swing Your Hogs, or whatever you've got, hog or nay then there need be a hog between buying thighs to join the true journey to Nicolas Cage of Arna. You know, you know, just just have a just have a good time with it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, we're going to talk about hogs and raw dogs and the nineties game pogs, and we're going to have a great time in the process. Speaking of a great time, how has your week been? We're recording this one a little bit later than usual. Apologies. Uh, was meant to get it out yesterday. Um, unfortunately, my. Uh, Internet provider in Virgin Media just decided to shit itself all day yesterday, so everything's running a little bit later. All back up and running now. The film we're going to discuss, uh, Red Rock West from 1993, has been consumed. It is in my brain. My notes have been taken, and we're ready to get into the nitty, and indeed the gritty, of this uh, 1993 neo-noir film. Uh, But I hope your week's been good. Mine's not been too bad. Um, completely forgot that I was at work on this bank holiday. Otherwise, I would have had this episode out a little bit even earlier for you. But um, only tarnished by the fact that uh, as I was being given a lift to work in the morn, bloody Ian walked past and uh, and waved at us. So um, off to a horrible start this morning. Horrible start. Um, not much else in the Ian front to say, but how dare he? How dare he act like we're a couple of good buds who can just pass each other and have a, have a good laugh, a bit of a smile, you know? Who do you think he is? Who do you think you are smiling at someone? I can't believe it! But that aside, uh, not much else to uh, discuss on the in front, which is, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we tuck in, nonetheless, to, in many ways... A complete U-turn from the other film from 1993, Deadfall, last week. Whereas Deadfall hit a marvellous 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, earning itself a golden cage from me. We flip-side reverse it to a film that has 95% on Rotten Tomatoes in Red Rock West. Um, Interestingly enough, making it the second highest Rotten Tomato-rated film of Cage's career, and it comes in a close second behind both Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Love and Tosha, with them sitting in a joint first place with 97% each. So, with all those Ians, those cowards, those cowardly Ians, try and get up in your business and tell you that Nicolas Cage is a dud, 
kick them in the nuts and remind them they've never had 90% of anything in their weak little lives. I bet he hasn't even got 10% of a hog. And you know what I'm talking about. How else have I spent my time? Uh, what order they, um, quite frankly, amazing Nicolas Cage print from Alexander Jackson. Uh, go check out his stuff if you can. Some really, really good stuff on his website. And also ordered this fascinating book by Lindsay Gibb, The Nicolas Cage National Treasure. A detailed and insightful look into Nicolas Cage, the duality of Nicolas Cage. Is he uh some kind of internet comedian is he the greatest of our actor of our generation spoiler alert he is and it's a really interesting look at all these sides of cage um to get more of a measure of the man so i definitely recommend that if you can get your hands on that as well moving on to the movie red rock west 95 percent is an american neo-noir film directed by john Dahl and also written by john along with his brother rick Two of the greatest brothers working together since the Chuckles. Red Rock Redemption sees Nicolas Cage as Michael Williams, your average guy who's mistaken for a professional hitman. Who else but Cage? The synopsis reads, Dead tired and flat broke after driving 1,200 miles, Michael, an unemployed Texan, walks into a tavern in tiny Red Rock, West Wyoming, and is immediately offered a job. There's just one problem. The owner thinks Michael is a hitman. And the job is murdering the owner's wife. Just when Mike decides to take the money and run, the real hitman arrives, ready to do the job right. You can see the passion in my voice as I went real. Uh, so you know, I, you know, I was into this one. Now, overall, actually, a really good film. Really good film. Really enjoyed this. A little bit more background. Now, although the film was a critical success. Didn't fare too well upon release, earning only $2.5 million at the box office against a budget of $7 million. It would air multiple times on TV after that before Pierce Handling, director of the Toronto International Film Festival, who saw the film in Paris, decided to bring the film to the said festival and making him an honorary rager in the process. Bill Banning, then owner of Roxy Cinema in San Francisco, caught the film at the festival where he would bring it to his cinemas. It would then break box office records before opening in Los Angeles and New York City. The film would go on to gather buzz and tour the US as an art house hit, as well as giving me an everlasting rager. So with all groundwork laid, let's jump in to the nitty and indeed the gritty of Red Rock West. Did I mention this had 95% on Rotten Tomatoes? I just I just want to put that back out there. It's got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't want to make a big deal about it. I'm just going to tell you not to worry about it. Okay, just... Just go and... Just go and, just go and watch it. It's, it's... 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 95... How many films do you know off the top of your head that have 95% of Rotten Tomatoes? Go, right now. Go, now. Exactly, you don't. Red Rock West, that's the only one. So now you've got to go watch it. So as the film begins on a long stretch of desert road, we get Nick Cage, a.k.a. Michael, getting out of his car. Now, poor bugger's got a bum knee, but don't worry about it, because about two minutes in, we're getting him topless, one dice, denim trousers, cowboy boots, uh, like Phil Collins in that music video. Uh, you know the one, um, the, I imagine Ian can't dance. He'd just have a, a sherry too and he definitely drinks sherry, doesn't he? He'd have a sherry too many. He would make a pass at your wife. And then you'd have to have a word with him. 
the person who's you know a little shindig it is will have to ask him to step outside and get a cab home because I've had a bit too many. And then you'll you won't mention it the next time you see him, but you'll know, and he'll know, and then he won't really talk that much anymore. But it's always there, it's always there, and you have the little clenched fist, wondering if you should have done something, you know, to protect your wife's honor. And she'd rather that you did something, but you didn't want to make a scene, and she's a bit annoyed about it. But there was a social context at play. We don't know if this is the first time he's done this. He probably hasn't, but next time he's getting sparked out. Michael is driving to a drilling site, clad in double denim now, so you know he's there to make a statement, but because of his bad leg, the foreman won't give him the contract at this uh, drilling site. So therefore, this foreman, very clearly a tiny hog in the business, they built this city on Red Rock West. He built it on a micro nub. Honestly, I know, right? We all get days like that. All get days like that. Michael, on a low tank of gas, soon finds his way to Dwayne, the Red Rock West Johnson, and into a local bar. Now, still in awe of the Double Den combo. Uh, Double Den for a double dicking of your wife, no doubt, obviously. So, the owner of the bar, um, I think it's called the Red Rock Bar, or it's also got a little plaque inside that says it's Wayne's Place. I'm just going to call it Wayne's Place because that sounds a lot fun. A lot more fun. Like a good a good kind of bar where you can slap down a 20 note, be it pounds, be it dollars, be it euros, and say, barkeep, can I have some Shania Twain? And they'll say, yes, sir, of course you can. And they'll say, um, what do you want? And then you can just say, you know, man, I feel like a woman. You can say, um, that don't impress me much. You can say from this moment on, you're still the one. There's so many options of Twain, but it will always be perfectly right for that moment. Okay, and no one will bat an eyelid because in Red Rock West, to their credit, they are on the Twain train. The owner of the bar, uh, Wayne's Place, he mistakes Michael for someone called Lyle. Now, in most situations like this, you would just put your hands up and say, oh, I'm really sorry. I think there's been a slight misunderstanding here. I'm not actually Lyle. Uh, my name's Michael. But, and even though Cage could have said that, it would have been a much shorter film and less chance for us to get back on the raw dog saddle. So he just says that he is Lyle, that he's here to do a job. Wayne takes him in the back, gives him specifics of how he wants his wife offed, and then offers him a big forward payment as well. Now... I know I draw many parallels, but I cannot overstate how much of an Ian move this would definitely be. But then, he'd not have someone to remind him to buy toilet rolls, so I guess it's another night on the couch for you, cuck. Michael pays a visit to Suzanne, played by Lara Flynn Boyle. Uh, Suzanne is Wayne's wife, the target of his, his anger. And as Nicolas Cage helps himself to some nibbles, as anyone would... If the nibbles were just there, he explains to her that Wayne has planned to have her killed and he's paying for the job to do so. Suzanne gives Michael a counter off to say, you know what, I'll give you double to quote-unquote take care of him. And if that isn't love, I don't know what is. If you're in a relationship and you're at the point where you haven't plotted at least once or twice of um, just ending your partner, then what are you doing? What stage are you at, really? So, naturally, Cage takes his early payout 
stocks up on beer because he's only human. I'm surprised that he didn't also stop to buy the little convenience store out of Magnum condoms as well. And on the way out of town, he writes a letter to the local sheriff detailing wily little Wayne's scheme. Now, may I add, uh, as a, a side note, not related to the film so much here, that Nicolas Cage has genuinely wonderful handwriting. Um, but after using that same hand to cup many a breast in many a film, I'm not surprised that it's a hand that handles things with care, you know? With that, he looks to hit the road with a fresh stack of cash in his new role as the Earl of Waddington and get out of Dodge. However, driving in a stormy night, he fails to see a gentleman on the side of the road, hits him with his car. Uh, this man turns out to be the uh, farm hand for Suzanne, who helps her with all the horses. So Michael drives the lad back to the hospital in Red Rock, because he's a good dude and he's better than me, he's better than you. You wouldn't drive him back. Ian would have reversed over him. Who are we fucking kidding here? Two police officers rock up in Red Rock and... Get that? Rock up in Red Rock. Yeah, see what they did there? They look to pin a homicide on our boy. Why? Uh, now, the mystery car victim has two bullets in him. Another injustice of the American law system. Not only that, but it turns out that the sheriff of Red Rock, it's only bloody Wayne, twist. Now, despite some mild protests, some mild salsa of a protest from another officer, Sheriff Wayne the Cook takes Michael off in his car. Michael tries to explain the situation and put forward his innocence. He doesn't know what's going on. But that his hog is so mighty, so it's a blessing and a curse. Now, Wayne, chief of cooks, gives Michael the keys to his handcuffs, but Michael quickly escapes and kicks him in the face. High fucking yar, indeed. So now we get a midnight chase ensuing, with Michael eventually falling into the road, narrowly missing, being hit by a car, driven by Dennis Hopper. Dennis Proper Chopper Hopper, the real Lyle. Lyle from Dallas, no less. Uh, now Lyle and Michael, they have a few things in common. He's being a kind fellow rager. He gives Michael a ride. Turns out they both served in the Marine Corps, which is how Michael banged up his knee. And how he luckily survived in a um, great travesty where 241 of his military brethren did not. Lyle drives Michael back to Red Rock West and to Wayne's place, of all the God-forbidden hogging places. The only dive next to that is the hole that Ian has in his black bin that he hogs on a Friday night. Oh, I've seen him. Wayne shows up. He finds Lyle, fills Lyle in in the day's events as Michael slips out of the bathroom window, the same way I'm sure Nicolas Cage has after many a swift raw dogging in his past. A slick manoeuvre later, and then he escapes on the top of a departing truck away from uh, the brother's cook. So in the interest of fairness to uh, the Wallen of the movie, which he is showing full and total respect for, Michael does return to Suzanne, explains the night's events. As we said earlier, the guy that got run over was the ranch hand for her, and explains that now they are both in danger. Oh, bloody dear. Your friend, the ranch hand, he's been shot! You mean Kurt? Yeah. Now, soon after this, Lyle also turns up, but Michael is able to get the drop on him and just fucking launches, launches this metal horse figure at his skull. Um, now, I, 
I firmly believe this isn't this is not supposed to be a comedy. There's not really meant to be much, if any, comedy in it apart from one or two throwaway lines. But that bit was actually hilarious. Um just the the projection, the speed, the velocity, uh the momentum he gets on that thing, the way he fucking dings from Dennis Hopper's skull. Uh one of the a high point of the film for me, I'm not gonna lie. I almost lost my shit just thinking about it, so it's <laughs> it's kind of worth it for that. But, again, I don't believe this film is meant to have any comedy in it. But that was hilarious. Is that him? Yeah. What should I do? If I were you, I'd get a divorce. You know what? I take that back. I take it back. There is comedy in this film. And that's incredible. Now, Michael and Suzanne take a car and plan their next move. Back at the hospital, Wayne, the littlest hogged sheriff in all the land, tells the cops to go and look for Michael, as they also find the wad left over in his glove compartment and wonder if this might be something to do with what's going on there. So M&S, as I'm now calling them, Michael and Suzanne go to a bar. Michael asks for a beer. I still find myself fascinated, especially in films that, as an American, you just go to the bar, they ask you what you want, they say a beer, and then they just get a beer, as if they only have one option. Incredible to me. Uh, they don't even have to be specific. If you ask for something on tap here, they're like, oh, is, it, is it lager? Is it an IPA? Is it um, is it a palal? Is it a palala? Would you like a palalala? Was like a palala? No, a palala. Would you like a palala? Like no, I wouldn't like a palala. I like a a lager. Can I have a lager, please? Or was it like a, a strong or a weak lager? You look like a weak man. You look like a weak man, Daryl. How did you know my name? Don't worry about it. But um, capitalism. What's that all about? Free choice, be damned. So soon after, they're shacking up at a motel. Cage is securing a bucket of ice because the pre-hogging preparation means that the hog does have to rest on cool ice for about two hours. But Suzanne's having none of it. She doesn't want any of that pre-prep nonsense. She undresses Michael. And at 55 minutes in, we close out the first hour with a raw dogging of monumental proportions. We've got some caged chest hair. The chest itself is out. The torso, those arms, the denim. It's all on show here. As Suzanne sucks the ever-loving soul of Cage out till he's nothing more than a husk. The only true way for any real American patriot to go out. The morning after the hog before, Susie last suggests returning to Red Rock so that she can steal a hefty wad of Wayne's Wonga. Michael reluctantly agrees, but we've all done silly things in the pursuit of a raw dog, right? They steal what money they can from Wayne's safe as he returns as well. Team Moosey, that's Michael and Susie to you, they hide in the closet away from him. Now just as it seems like uh, that Wayne is going to find them hiding in the closet there, the cops from earlier turn up and they present Wayne, whose name is actually Kevin, uh, with a letter, the letter that Michael wrote at the start of the film, along with a wanted poster for both him and Suzanne uh, for for a prior crime both of them committed for stealing $1.9 million from a steel mill some time before the setting of the film. So as they take Wayne away, Suzanne states her innocence, 
tells Michael that they can still be together, and as she reels off the plans that they can still have, we end up leading to this week's Random Cage Scream of the Week. What am I supposed to do, Michael? He's my husband. I was in love with him. There's supposed to be a half million dollars in that safe. He must have moved it. We can find it, Michael. We can be together. We can go to Mexico. Fuck Mexico! Hey, look, some places aren't for everyone. I'm not a massive fan of London. For Nick Cage, fuck Mexico. So Lyle then reappears. He drops Michael with a cheap right hook with the same speed that Ian drops his trousers as soon as Binday comes around. Lila then takes the two out to a house in the middle of nowhere, uh, takes them hostage in the back of his car, and as they try to figure things out, we get another little beautiful double cage scream. And I think you might enjoy this one as well. Michael, I'm really sorry. You were right, we shouldn't have come back here. What do you say we put a cap on the horseshit and figure a way out of this? I tell you now, there are no actors out there that are emphasising horseshit, that are emphasising fuck Mexico, quite like Nicolas Cage. If that film was made today, you know the MAGA hats would be all over that line. Now, Lila's taking them to some random house out in the deserts. Turns out it's the old Duncan place as uh, one cop keeps repeating over and over, just in case he weren't sure, sets fire to it, calls it in to the police department of Red Rock. This is what they call in the trade a distraction. Lyle goes full hog mode, back to the police station, shoots an opposite in the head, uh, the poor guy, but just trying to eat a turkey sandwich before making Wayne a deal. He'll get him out of the clink for half the dollar dollar bills he stole, to which Wayne agrees. Now, Lyle has Michael, Suzanne and Wayne all captive to his madness with Michael at the wheel. Cage drives and we even get a cheeky little car stunt in front of a moving train. A metaphor, of course, for Nicholas Cage's hog. You think you're better than me, don't you? Why don't you just blow me? You think you're real hot shit, don't you, Mike? Huh? Now he thinks he's hot shit, and he thinks he's better than you, because he is better than you. I don't know how many times I have to say this on this podcast. I don't know how clear I have to make this. Of course he's better than you, you fucking idiot. If I had a gun to Nicolas Cage and he told me to blow him, I wouldn't have a gun in my hand anymore. I'd have something else in my hand. He's fucking hog. Which I would corn cop. You know this. You know this. Why are you asking me these questions? Why are you wasting my time with these silly little interruptions? Wayne directs the group to a graveyard where the stolen millions are buried. Michael digs up the box because he's a big, strong boy. The only boy, statistically, factually, and accurately, to be bigger and stronger than me. Double D Dangerous Delicious Dynamite Diamond Boy Daryl Edge. Michael pleads with Wayne not to open the box because it's obviously a bloody gun in it. Lyle taps R1 and quick throws a knife at Wayne as Michael and Lyle then have a little scrap. Cage gets him some good hearty wax, so don't even worry about it. Michael has a little chain wrapped around his neck like some common beast, but it's all for show, no need to worry, as he yeets Lyle 
onto this uh, statue scabbard sword thing and um, punctures him right through the back out of the chest um, tries to do him a good bloody murder in self-defence uh, Lyle does manage to stagger off though and Suzanne follows up by unloading a good seven bullets into his stupid Ian-like body very cathartic if you look at it in that context so Mikey sees the train passing by he goes to make a run for it it tells Suzanne to follow with that bag full of cash making it aboard and I'm just telling you Again, with a stack like that, you could buy so many loadouts in Warzone. But as they get to the train, Suzanne pulls a gun on Cage and reveals that she was the one who shot the ranch hand earlier. She then goes to shoot Michael. The gun is empty, so Michael grabs the cash, pours it out of the train. He then high-fucking-yar kicks her out of the train as well um, in one of the ultimate moves, the ultimate fuck-you moves to raise even the most defiant of hogs. And as any good, good lad would do, Michael keeps a small wad for himself, saying adios Red Rock, as a thousand miles from nowhere, by Dwight Yoakam plays. And it's a fucking banger as well, so check that one out, as uh, the train ploughs on away, and the film comes to an end. So, um, again, I say this film... Uh, quite straightforward, played quite straight. We had one or two tiny little glimpses of Cage being very cagey, but um, I think this is going to be one of those films, a really good Nicolas Cage film to show to the people who will doubt his skills, doubt his style, doubt his comprehension of the craft. It's going to fly under a lot of radars. It's very easy to miss this one. Um, it's not one I would have known about if I'd not been searched on Rotten Tomatoes and his filmography myself. As seen, in addition to the 95%, this film ended up on a lot of year-end lists as well. Um, Gene Siskel, the Chicago Tribune, it was his ninth best film of the year. Peter Travers, Rolling Stone, seventh. Michael McCambridge, Austin, American Statesman, yes, that magazine we've all heard of, was fourth on their year-end list. Got some honourable mentions in the Seattle Post-Intelligencer and the San Diego Union-Tribune as well. And notable critic Roger Ebert praised it as a diabolical movie that exists sneakily between a western and a thriller, between a film noir and a black comedy, giving the film three and a half stars out of four. Very nice uh, praise, very hearty review there as well. So it's one I'll check out for um, a bit of a more... Uh, straight action film, not the type of action we're going to get later on in the 90s with the likes of uh, Con Air and The Rock and such, but um, there's a sense of fun to the film, it's a coherent story um, very entertaining you can sort of see when watching it why upon its original release it didn't quite get the audience it deserved, you think if it had brought out a bit later, would have done a bit better so it's a, a real nice find this film, great cast uh, it's a great direction, so I I do thoroughly recommend it. It's a fun film. Uh, Dennis Hopper is grows in sinisterialness word as the film goes along. Nicholas Cage, of course, is Nicholas Cage. What more do I need to tell you at this point? But it's a yeah, really good film, really good film overall. So I would have to um, do the right thing, the only honourable thing, and award this a golden cage can you believe this two golden cages back to back first deadfall then red rock west 
One's got zero percent. One's touching nearly a hundred. Com- uh, complete opposing opposite ends of the critical spectrum. Both being awarded the highest praise here, where it really counts. Cage Rage, a Nicholas Cage podcast episode nineteen. So check this film out where you can. Again, thoroughly recommend it. Would love to know your thoughts on the film as well. You can always get in touch with me. I try to be as active as I can be on the socials. We are on Instagram at Cage Rage Pod, Twitter at Cage underscore Podcast. Um, there are. A lot of good Nicolas Cage podcasts out there as well, so please do give them a consultation and a check for uh, many viewpoints of the greatest actor of our generation. Um, so that about wraps up episode 19. Apologies again that it's a little late, but uh, we got it by the end of the bank holiday, just about. We will be back this weekend with episode 20 as we dip into 1994 with the action comedy guarding Tess. He's only a bloody bodyguard on that one, isn't he? For the first lady, he's only a bloody bodyguard. So we'll see you in that one. But until then, keep on, keep on caging. Uh, bye.